in the essentials program, you go through the quadrinity checks or these meditations and having it inside your home, you can go back to that sacred place inside your home, place your hands over your heart and breathe into that space anytime. I found that going back to that same place in that same spot that I did the essentials, there's just a softness that comes over me that can pull in the light from those two days. Welcome everybody, my name is Drew Horning and this podcast is called Love's Everyday Radius. It's brought to you by the Hoffman Institute and it's stories and anecdotes and people we interview about their life post process and how it lives in the world radiating love. Hey everybody, my name is Drew Horning, and this podcast episode is all about the Essentials online two-day course. You know, since we developed this course in the summer of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, early on in those days, we really just had one question is, is it going to work? Does it work? Does this powerful work we do in the seven-day immersive in-person experience actually translate to the online virtual community? Here's what I'll say in response. With consensus among the teachers who teach this course and the over 200 offerings we've had of the essentials, the answer to that question is a resounding yes. What follows are several grads answering questions about their experience and what it was like taking the course. They'll talk about the unique and surprising power of virtual work, what it's like to actually do this healing work in an online community. They'll talk about the content, the tools and the practices, the insights they gained from this work, but what I'm really struck by is a kind of healthy tension, a both and from these conversations with the essential grads. On one hand, how different their stories are, how different who they are, what they got from the process, and yet how common and similar some of their experiences and insights were. Also, how private the experience is of doing it in your own space, in your own home, and yet how much they felt a part of the healing community created in this Zoom room. Also, how their experience is clearly indoors. Obviously, you're in front of a screen. And yet also some of the most powerful experiences were outdoors and how the guided experiences outdoors had such a positive impact on them. With over 3,600 students, who've graduated from the two-day essentials course since the summer of 2020, we have found four who are willing to share their vulnerable journey before, during, and after the course. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jesse Way, and I took the Hoffman Essentials in May of 2023. My name is Katie Granger, and I am a mother of two young adults in their 20s. Um, Both my daughters have graduated college and are starting their careers. So I'm an empty nester with my husband, who was my high school sweetheart. My name is Tiffany, and professionally, I am a pastor and 
Vocationally, I consider myself now a student of teachings that have been life-changing and help make me a better person and hopefully will help me to share those with other people. Hi, my name is Marta and I am in Naples, Florida. People come to hear about Hoffman and the Essentials Weekend in so many different ways. Would you share a little bit about how you heard about the Essentials course and Hoffman and how you came to sign up? I came to hear about the Hoffman Institute from one of my teachers who was a graduate of the full Hoffman program. And as I looked at the website and heard more information about it, I could see that this is clearly in line with other things I'm learning, with what's going on in my life. Doing a full week in-person program would be wonderful, but wasn't something that I could see happening in the near future. So when I saw there was a Hoffman Essentials virtual program that could be done in a weekend, that seemed perfect. I was able to schedule a class uh, within maybe two months of when I was thinking of it. And it just happened to be perfect timing. I did the Essentials class the weekend before I had my final hearing in a very amicable but still difficult divorce to go through. I got to the Hoffman Essentials. Basically, I had never heard of the Hoffman Institute or the Hoffman Process in all of my travels through self-help and personal growth. And I read a blog on Medium by a clinical psychologist, Duncan Riak, and it mentioned in the blog this deeply transformative experience called the Hoffman Process. And so I was curious and I just looked it up and then I thought, hmm, this is very interesting. So I signed up for the essentials and after the essentials, I thought, oh, I, I really want to get into this work a lot more deeply. I was very, very drawn to being in a container for the week that was really just a place to focus on myself no contact with the outside world. And I just thought, oh, I'm definitely much more curious about what this Hoffman process is and how it can help me. I do have experience with Hoffman. I have one good friend that did it. I saw what a change it was for her. And she did the full course and she came and it was a week of her life. And it was, and then a few days after where she was alone after really processing it. And I didn't feel time I had that time. So I, when I heard about the essentials course, I was just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't sign up quick enough. I've always been interested in sort of holistic healing. But when my life got sort of derailed with my sepsis and amputations, like I say, it was easier to come back, focus on my physical healing because it was something I could work on every day. And I didn't have to deal with nearly losing my life, nearly losing my family and really having my life change so much. So I didn't deal with some of the heavier stuff. What ended up happening is that two things. My children came to me and basically said, hey, you know, we see you doing so well. You're out there. You're sharing your story. You're so active. You've got part of your life really together, but we know that you're still struggling with a lot of the pain that you went through and a lot of the reality of what you went through. They just encouraged me to go deeper and to really heal deeper. And at that same time, my mom passed away. Just seeing the person who is you know, leading the way in your life and seeing her life end really made me realize the importance of getting my life together fully. 
it's easier for me to talk about it than it is for me to heal fully from it. I can talk about the physical. I can talk about the spiritual because I've always been a very spiritual person. But those really bypass what's going on with me emotionally and what's going on with me mentally. Those were the harder parts. And that's the part that I was hoping that Hoffman would get me into. And they did it or you did in such a beautiful way. Originally, I wanted to take the on-site process. However, there wasn't any available slots. And I kind of came into a, I call it the emotional bottom. (laughs) I was like, I want to do something now. I don't want to wait until there's a slot open. What can I do? It wasn't like I was in panic, but I wanted to just, I wanted to make a move emotionally and make a shift. I talked to the onboarding guy who was absolutely a gem and said, I want to do this as quickly as possible. And so I did the onboarding questionnaires that took some time. And I really took that time to just be open and said, you know, I'm just going to be vulnerable in this time and not hold back, see what comes up for me and still get something that I needed. I think many people will be curious about what it's like to do such deep healing in the virtual online community. Can you share some about what that experience was like to be doing this work in an online format? I had very few reservations about being online. I think I've learned now that if I create the right kind of place, which might just be shutting my door and putting a sign on that says, leave me alone for the next couple of hours. You know, that space and my intention can give me as much connection as I've experienced in in in-person type classes and workshops. It was actually just a really great way to focus in on our coach and what she was teaching us to be able to do my own processing, you know, in my own space and then come back and compare notes with others. So there was this absolute sense of connection and exchange of information, but it was just very easy and reachable and workable to do it from my own home. I've been doing both in-person and Zoom or virtual type classes and connections off and on throughout the pandemic. You know, of course, it was kind of necessary for a while. But what I've found is it's made it possible for me to participate in real time with people and teachers from different states and countries and time zones. So that kind of connection has really expanded my community of people that I've been able to experience, you know, directly rather than just watching a recording. So I think that definitely the essentials format, the virtual format, and more of that will be something that I will seek in the future. I found it really effective. It was very interactive. There was no part of it that I was going to zone out or gloss over because we were constantly going back and forth between listening and then implementing something and sharing our experience all very live and real in the moment. And in fact, the cohort that I was with, we formed a, a very strong connection and still have chosen to stay in touch and check in with one another about once a month and just offer some encouragement and share resources and notes. So 
in that respect, it's very similar to an in-person type experience. I was really surprised by my experience. I'm online all the time because my job is virtual. So I wasn't really looking forward to a whole weekend of sitting down eight hours per day in front of the screen again. And I'm very glad that I did because I did experience some things I didn't expect. I was in the same office that I'm I'm in right now. And uh, I am in a stage in my life where I live by myself. My sons are both in college. And so I had complete privacy. I was able to treat it as a, a retreat weekend for myself. So that wasn't, that wasn't an issue for me. I could do whatever I need to do for myself. So that was quite a blessing. One of the things I really liked for myself was this ability to find kind of a sacred place inside my home, find a quiet place. In the Essentials program, you go through these, you know, the quadrinity checks or these meditations and having it inside your home, you can go back to that sacred place inside your home and place your hands over your heart and breathe into that space anytime. I found that going back to that same place in that same spot that I did the Zoom, the essentials, there's just a, a softness that comes over me. And I can pull in the light from those two days. The teacher who led me through she was so gentle and soft and you could tell how much she really loved what she was doing. And it just came through, even through, you know, your computer screen. There was just this, this love that you felt. And I thought that, oh my gosh, I'll be doing this work with strangers and they're going to know so much, but it was really, you're doing your own work. You weren't hearing everybody else's stories or traumas. You were really just focused on yourself and doing your own work and working through your own stuff. Your own junk isn't junk. It's just taking you to that next place. And you can use that stuff for good. It doesn't have to all be bad, all the traumas and stuff. It can be used for good. There was just a safe place. It felt safe for me. Everybody there was in the same boat. It was like that shipwreck, you know, that everybody was there to save themselves. It was a really cool combination of being, working on my own stuff and being in a group setting. One thing that I loved, and I don't know if this happens in every group, I think it was 20 people. However many it was, they fit perfectly on my Zoom screen. I think it was four people down and five people across or the opposite, whatever it was. It felt like a really complete room of people. And we saw each other's faces. And then we could throw out ideas. We had moments where we got to break into groups. So I, I thought it was fabulous. I thought it was really great. For me, it was unique because I was actually in the room that I got sick in. And so it was my bedroom in Hawaii. And I'm only there part of the year. So it was really special for me really to be in that space where my life had been changed so dramatically. It was meaningful for me. And then for me, it had an added layer that it also was a room where I needed healing it was a space that I needed to find healing. And so I was able to find that there and sort of use the quadrinity. It wasn't really the mind. It was the heart. I was not dealing with the emotions of it. Can you take us to a pivotal moment of when you knew change was occurring and share some of the insights you gained as a result of that change? When I first started 
we logged in and you're looking at your screen and you're looking at faces of people that you don't know and you don't know what to expect. And in that moment, I think I said, you know, I'm just going to be as open and as vulnerable as I can be with strangers and see what comes up for me because I don't know them. And it felt safe. The lady who led our class just made it feel safe. You know, and she said, well, what brought you here? I just busted into tears. (laughs) I just said, I feel like I need a shift. Like I'm at this emotional bottom. And I have been sober since 2008. But emotionally, I've just hit a bottom. My biggest fear is to drink again and go back to that life of despair. I felt like there was quicksand kind of coming on all around me. And this process just made me feel like I wasn't drowning anymore. I feel lighter. I have this ability to not be so reactive. You know, having this ability to pause and to kind of play the tapes through. You know, I've done all this other work before, but this essentials process, they gave me some different tools to work with. And I found it interesting that even in my home alone with nobody around, I still found trouble finding my voice, saying things out loud that I knew I wanted to to say, you know, when they were doing some exercises or to scream or to verbally use my voice, I still felt like I couldn't do it. And so it's still a practice that I'm working on today. You know, if you want something bad enough, and if you're in pain bad enough, you'll go to any lengths to feel different, to do the work, no matter what it looks like. And for me, I didn't want to wait till four months out to start doing the work. I needed it now. There was a way, and there is a way. I said, I don't want to keep going on this left road that they talk about and figure out how to to live my life the way that I know I'm meant to live in a more authentic way where I feel like I like myself more. I think what really helped me with the essentials is that my intellect is a very active part of my being. I can talk and name things and articulate things and learn things and think about them. But to actually experience them on a deeper level, to have a physical experience of some of these processes that I was learning about, that was very new to me. So to go through the Hoffman experience and then say, this is what you read about. This is what we talked about. Now, as you do this, here's where you're going to feel this emotion in your body. And here's a physical way to experience and go through some motions so that the transformation is happening more than just in my head. So it has been helpful for me to go back and review the processes, the different steps in the cycle of transformation. I've really loved the resources that have been available to me since completing that essentials program. I was very diligent about doing my morning quad checks and the evening appreciation and gratitude. And I've already taken 
some of the follow-up courses just to go back over recycling and find some additional ways to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Those specific steps have now gone into my little tool bag of, <laughs> of imaginary things I keep in my pocket when I'm out in the world. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, I'm feeling stressed or I'm having anxiety about this, or I'm hearing this little voice in my head that I've said I'm not going to listen to anymore. And I just kind of take a quick look around. And if nobody's looking or if I don't care, then I'll do a physical motion or shake off you know, a feeling or a thought. And it is so much more effective than the way I've done this before, which was really just all in my head. There's a couple things about it that are awkward, you know, like the body movement stuff, because you dance some things out. But that part is super important because we do overlook how much our emotions set inside our bodies and how we can kind of release some of our feelings through our bodies. So it was really a cool exercise to do, but you felt a little bit dorky standing in front of a screen. But the beauty was you could turn your screen away and just say, I'm not going to record myself. I'm going to stand up and dance, or I'm going to stand up and stomp on this piece of paper where I've written some things I just want to just, you know, get rid of. It was just a cool, safe way to do it. I found the left road, right road visualization, especially powerful. I think I also found the self-forgiveness walk. I live in Western Massachusetts, three acres of land. And I, my, my backyard has these very wonderful old mature trees. So I was able to walk around my yard doing the self-forgiveness walk and it was a sunny day. So I was able to really move through that and, and find some level of, you know, it's ever unfolding this, this, this path of self-compassion and forgiveness. Um, but to be outside and to, to follow the prompts and to do that on my own was, it was very powerful. I think being outside connected to nature and then connecting to yourself, there's something that what happens that you can't maybe access otherwise. So things are very clearly stated as to what we need to do. There's no, we don't need to think too hard about what we're, we're doing. There are very clear instructions and to simply trust and do what is being suggested and asked of you is it provides the platform for a very deep experience. And when you're ready and open for that. Was there something you got that you didn't expect to get? Were you surprised at any time during the weekend? It was good to be with a group of different people going through different things in their lives. But I think the thing that I found the most powerful, which I hadn't in the past, was I was never a guided imagery kind of person. Like I tried and I couldn't really feel it and my mind would wander. And and yet the visualization specifically, there was something about being on your left road and your right road. And during that visualization, I really felt so much shift in my body from being on this patterned, you know, conditioned left road and what that felt like in my body and to exaggerate that in my body and then to shift to realize what it would feel like on my my right road of feeling more free and curious. And I was really, really quite surprised by the whole thing. I thought, oh, this is how we change state. This is how we shift how we are being in the world is by doing these sorts of things that use our body 
I've done a lot of a lot of work up to this date on on all the things I've been struggling with in my life, you know, including yoga, acupuncture. I mean, you name it. I've I've done it. <laughs> so, uh, so there was something that happened in some of these guided visualizations that I hadn't experienced before. It's a sequencing of how things are introduced, and then you're led through something that you don't know what's going to happen, and then something happens that is unexpected and feels good in your body. And I want more of that. (laughs) Honestly, when I became so sick, I was so focused on my physical healing and everything that had happened to me, including having pity for myself and feeling sorry for myself and, you know, some things that weren't really helpful in my relationships that I sort of put aside some of my good behavior. I put aside some of my tools that I had learned in the past. I wasn't communicating at my best. I allowed that my injury and my illness and the amputations and how it changed my life to sort of sidetrack me from all the books I'd read, <laughs> you know, and all any of the things that I had applied to my life before I started being kind of lazy, giving myself that out saying, well, I'm going through a lot. I don't have to be a good commun- communicator. I'm going through a lot. I don't, I can blow up sometimes in a conversation because why wouldn't I look, I lost my legs, you know, and I give myself that out. And the truth in the matter was, yeah, but it's not even serving me to have a bad reaction. It's not even serving me to not use my tools. You know, it's hard on my husband if I'm not listening or I interrupt or I snap back at him. That's hard on anybody, but it's also hard on me, you know? So I think that just my committing to this and doing it really was a moment for me where I drew a line in the sand for myself saying, okay, you're going to put aside your behaviors that you've taken on because of all you've been through. You're going to put aside all the excuses you're using to have those bad behaviors because I've been through so much. I can act poorly sometimes and you guys need to forgive me. And instead you can do what's better for everybody, which is just to start communicating in everyone's best interest and stop going down that wrong road and through those old patterns and old habits and pause when a moment comes that you might want to snap back. And maybe there's a signal that I have with my husband or, and there is, we've talked about that saying, you know what? I just need a minute. And then we recognize what that means. It's not, it's not me just stalling. It's me saying, I'm a little bit overloaded right now. I'm not going to react properly at this time. Can I have just a minute? And then it's amazing what a minute, and I think in the course we learned it's actually 90 seconds it takes for those big feelings to go by so that then you can get in your heart and get in your mind and get in your body and react properly in a situation that's difficult instead of having that bad pattern happen. So I won't say my husband would come on and say, oh my God, she's entirely a different person and she's completely healed and she's perfect in every way. I'm not. I'm definitely not, but I'm better than I was before. And I continue to get better. My communicating better helps my family then communicate better with me. And it's risen my whole family up to a new level. And that's just been really, really meaningful for all of us. Self-compassion is such an important piece of this course and this experience. And yet it's also a felt sense. It's a practice. Can you share some insights you gained? about self-compassion and some of the experiences you had around self-compassion? I'm so glad that I didn't wait or put off taking the Hoffman Essentials Weekend. It has just kickstarted so much healthy new growth in my spiritual life. And I say that as someone who, you know, has done a lot of the typical 
books and retreats, but this is really new. I think it's really accessible. I feel like I am processing through what I've learned every day and really starting to get to the point where I can have so much compassion for for everyone I deal with. That has been the greatest change is when you start living life from a place of compassion. And I was, you know, I'm sure among so many people who got compassion burnout in COVID and in the caring professions. And to now have that gift of saying, I give it to myself. And it's at the same time, filling my needs and sending it out to others. So that piece right there has been a huge gift. I do remember, I mean, I've been working on self-compassion for a long time. My spiritual foundations are in Tibetan Buddhism. And so I have been working on compassion practice for a long, long time. Coming out of the weekend, I had a much more felt in body sense, like in my body sense of compassion and forgiveness for myself, because my intellect is a very huge part of my being. And sometimes I don't necessarily touch into my emotional self, my body, but not not as deeply as I was able to over that weekend. And so there was much more of a felt experience of I am worthy simply because I am, not because I do all this work in the world as a physician and as a mother and um, you know whatever role I'm taking on. I really had much more of a felt sense of yeah, of my, my worthiness. I've been practicing gentleness towards myself maybe in the past year. So I was kind of primed to have a, a boost. <laughs> and um, I think that the virtual weekend definitely provided that. I feel like the work has given me tools to pause and to move forward in a compassion way, in a more self-compassion and more self-forgiving and that I'm not my patterns. I can have the ability to change, to stop, to pause, to play it through and to rewire. I don't have to be like my mother or my father and I can move forward in a more spiritual guided way and more God-centered way for myself. I have always felt like I was just one way and that's, not the truth. I have always a being inside of me. You know, I can be all things at any time, but how do I want to show up? You know, I can show up being sassy or I can show up being loving or whatever. And so how do I want to show up? One of the things I really liked was the walk that you took, the self-compassion walk or self-forgiveness walk. Every day I walk my dog and in the those moments of walking my dog, I try to remember back of all the things that I've done that I need to forgive myself for. It might even be in the last 24 hours, you know, I need to forgive myself for whatever. And it could be something small, like not using my voice when I wanted to say, you know, no, when I said yes. And that's a hard one for me. And I'm still, you know, not trying to be so hard on myself. But rewiring and being more intentional with my thoughts and my words, realizing that I'm not all the things that I've been telling myself for years, and to rewire those patterns 
those old stories of shame, of self-blame, and that whipping stick that I carried for so many years. What are you learning now? What are you taking into your life as a result of this work? What practical application are you bringing into your everyday life from the insights you gained? Kaufman really helped me sort of access the deeper things that I was trying to bypass. In the essentials, we go through that and it's very private and personal. That is something, you know, to stress for anyone considering it. You're writing your own notes. No one, and there's no one even in the room to look at them. You're not worried that you're even too close to somebody that might read something, maybe that you feel a little bit of shame or embarrassment about. You can be completely honest because no one sees them. So I just was reading through my notes in preparing for this interview, and it was so great to read them again and just see, like, gosh, how the things that I learned that I had learned through my parents, the negative traits that I took on from my parents and to acknowledge maybe why they had those traits and how they came by them naturally. And there's again, no shame in that and how I took them on to protect myself as a child and to fit in well with my family. But now I'm bringing them into my life today in my fifties and realizing, gosh, I don't need these. These aren't reactions and behaviors that are serving me well. So I want to change that. And then the Essentials Weekend walks you through the process of how to do that. And I've seen the improvements with my relationship with my children, my relationship with my husband. And those changed so dramatically when I got sick because I had been the caretaker of my family. I had been the homemaker. I had been the glue of our family, which is often the case with moms, but it was definitely the situation with me. When I was taken out because of illness, I lost a part of my identity during that. And it was really dramatic for me to come back. And one of the first things in my therapy I did was say, I need to reclaim my place in my family because you guys have all been taking care of me and I don't want that to be our dynamic forever. I want to be able to be a part of the family and to be able to help take care of you guys again. And so we had all this change that had to happen. And it was just a lot to cope with without having an understanding of sort of the areas where I wasn't coping well. I just turned 52 years old, and I think really for the first time in my life, I've been aware of the need to integrate the different aspects of my being. As I looked over the materials before the Hoffman weekend, I could see that is exactly what was going to be addressed. And then as I was going through the class, it was just amazing to me how this group of really strangers still had so much in common with how we experienced the world and our lives and the challenges we had faced. And to get some real hands-on tools to start to process and express some of what we had experienced and then transform all of that energy back into something that was very holistic and for me, very spiritual and authentic to my faith and my life. And as I said, all these other things that I've been learning. There was something different in this two days that happened than I did over years of talk therapy. And I can't explain it, but I can feel it. And I think people see the light that's different around me, the way I carry myself, the way I I'm softer and I don't have that, almost that anxiety 
face of that fear of what's going to happen next, because I know all is well. And that's kind of my mantra that all is well, and that everything is always working out for my highest, best good. There's a caveat to that. You know, if I choose to take the right road versus the left road, you know, if I choose to be intentional with what I'm doing, with how I'm acting, you know, if I take the pause and, and do the next right thing for me. Do you have any final thoughts about your experience and some of the takeaways for you and how this is living inside you? Anything you want to add? I'd be lying if I said Hoffman is the only way. I, I don't think it is, but I think it's a really fabulous way. And I think that you've put so many things together to help. I can't say enough about the online version because you know, it's not accessible, or, nor is it affordable for everybody to go to a seven-day program. It's incredible what the impact is, but not everyone can do that. And so I love that you've put together these programs that you can go to any level you want, including, we haven't mentioned it yet, but there's an app afterwards that you get that gives you all these resources that are still available to you after the program. This isn't just something that pastors or spiritual teachers or caregiving type people could do. It's really anybody who is human could, I think, get a lot from learning these things and experiencing them. I felt like the tools and the process are broad and deep enough to hold whatever faith someone's going to to bring with them or to make room for a deeper understanding of faith but it doesn't have to conform to anything that I wasn't already embracing. So for me, it was very compatible and continues to be. After the Essentials program, there are some extra perks you can sign up for online and do the webinars. And they really aren't expensive, but they're like this extra icing on the cake for extra growth. And there's things like if you want to take a deeper dive into visioning or recycling or whatever it is. And then there was a class for parenting. And one of the reasons why I took the essentials is because I don't ever want to end up like my mother. I want my kid to have the best life possible. I get teary-eyed just thinking about it. And I, I want, I don't, I want to break the chain. So that's really what, why I did this. I just want to break that chain. I took the parenting class also that was available on a webinar. And it was a two-day, two parts, a couple weeks apart from each other. And I got stuff out of that too. I'm not my parent. I can show up differently. And when I got out of that was, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I, I felt good in that moment. You know, I'm doing okay. Life isn't easy, but this is an easier, softer way if you ask for help. And this is a great way to ask for help. I know that when, even though things have been really, really challenging in the almost 53 years that I've been on this earth, in this body, in this emanation, and there's been lots of things going on and lots of different decisions that maybe other people might judge or I might judge as like the wrong decisions, my spirit has been leading me my whole life. And so when I encounter an article that suddenly leads me to the Hoffman Institute, and then I do the virtuals weekend, and then I 
sign up for the process and all of those things. I know when I look back, like, ah, thank you, spirit. Thank you. You know, even if I didn't know what was going on at the time, these things that arise and we put so much effort in and then fall apart and we're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Like it happened again. It's like all these things are things that allow us to develop more clarity and curiosity and learn more through each thing. And, you know, and yes, many times I'm like, okay, I'm tired of being on this roller coaster of, you know, learning and all this. And yet I'm not, I really like actually <laughs> the excitement of falling down and getting up and falling down and getting up. And the whole thing is that, you know, within all of us is some like this guidance system. And when we can surrender to that and relax into that and understand that inside, you know, we're being guided by this magical thing called spirit, then we can worry less and we can relax because we know that Jesse is not going to let Jesse down. Jesse loves Jesse. Even if Jesse doesn't think that Jesse loves Jesse, you know, <laughs> Jesse still loves Jesse. And so spirit is moving through and creating a path. It's not necessarily the, you know, most easy path. It's actually often a very rough path. And that's okay. That's totally okay. When we're able to tap into that understanding, then we can be a lot more free of the anxiety and fear of what lies ahead because it actually is a big adventure. And when we can be comfortable with uncertainty and as Pema Chodron teaches and all of that, then it's like, oh, okay. Now I can kind of just relax into my experience of my life and realize that nothing is so serious in the end and that we are spiritual beings in physical bodies and that that is the reality of things. Yeah, it's, it's a quite a beautiful journey when you understand it. <laughs> I am super grateful for the Hoffman Virtual Weekend, the Hoffman Essentials. It's, I think it's very accessible. I think the price point is totally, completely reasonable for what we receive. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the Hoffman Institute and for the teachers and for happening to read a blog that talked about this transformative experience of the Hoffman process. Thank you for listening to our podcast. My name is Liza Ingrassi. I'm the CEO and president of Hoffman Institute Foundation. And I'm Raz Ingrassi, Hoffman teacher and founder of the Hoffman Institute Foundation. Our mission is to provide people greater access to the wisdom and power of love. In themselves, in each other, and in the world. To find out more, please go to hoppeninstitute.org.